You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, and today there's actually going to be two hosts, myself and my friend Ray Dietrich, who is also a former law enforcement officer with lots of experience, and we're going to get into uh, our our conversation that we uh, that we taped for a television broadcast uh, just uh, in just a moment. B- before we do that, we ended uh, 2019 with um, uh, our law enforcement world in a great deal of disarray. And one of the things that um, that caught my eye is the fact that a um, uh, there was a, a great deal made of, of a new police commissioner being hired by the city of Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia has already gone kind of insane with the uh, with the uh, liberal district attorney Larry Krasner basically doing everything he can to dismantle the criminal justice system in the city of Philadelphia. He's, um, he's uh, dropped charges on, on so many people or refused to prosecute for political purposes, uh, for his political correctness purposes. Um, he's failed to um, uh, go after people who assault law enforcement officers. Uh, he's uh, reduced murder charges. Uh, because of his political leanings. So Philadelphia is already going in the toilet as far as um, as far as actually you know holding people accountable for criminal activity. But now they've done something again and uh, they have hired the Portland, the former Portland chief of police, Daniel uh, Danielle Outlaw, to reform the Philadelphia Police Department as a new commissioner. Now, here, here's why this is so, to me, um, so trendy. Uh, Danielle Outlaw was hired two years ago by the Portland Police Bureau to be their chief of police. Uh, she came from, she was in a commander at uh, Oakland PD. Now, Oakland PD has one of the one of the worst leadership uh, debacles in in policing. So Portland reaches out and hires Danielle Outlaw to be their police chief. But in, in reality, she was a puppet of uh, Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, who is appointed himself the police commissioner. But basically, she was a lackey. She did nothing to make the lives of the Portland police officers any better. In fact, just the opposite. Um, they, they, they decimated the, the police department as far as in terms of morale and, um, in terms of, uh, actual policing, you know, they, um, they, they told their cops to stand down during violent protests with, uh, Antifa. I mean, her, it, it was a, her leadership's abysmal in reality. And so the same, the same week that I read, Portland Chief Danielle Outlaw hired to reform. That's the that's the buzzword of the day. Reform. Remember, we got to reform everything as far as policing goes. Reform Philly PD as new commissioner. I read this headline. 
also on another paper. Portland Police Bureau faces critical staffing issues. By this time next year, officials say staffing levels will be catastrophic. Portland Police Bureau is authorized to have 1,001 sworn police officers. They are down 120, almost 10% of the police department is, is undermanned. And this is under her watch, okay? So um, they have been unable to hire anyone because of the reputation for leadership that the Portland Police Department or Police Bureau has. So that is the legacy that she leaves. And, and, and instead of all of those, those um, uh, upper-level law enforcement administrators that actually know what they're doing, the Philadelphia Police Department reaches out for this loser and pays her $285,000 a year to, quote, reform the police department. God help the Philadelphia police officers. They've had it rough already, and now they're getting a commissioner who is going to, quote, reform them. Lord, 2020, it's coming in like a lion. So... This bears looking in, looking at and watching to see how she um, uses her political manifesto to uh, to push her own uh, political agendas out on the on the streets of Philadelphia. Well, let's uh, let's get to the Randy and Ray portion of this show. I've got some exciting news if you are a coffee lover, and that is that Law Dog Coffee has been born. The Law Dog Coffee Company is a law enforcement friendly um, company that makes delicious, and I mean delicious, roasted coffee. Okay, here's the deal. Law Dog Coffee Company. It's lawdogcoffee.com. It is a subscription-based uh, company. So the, the coffee, which is phenomenal, is delivered directly to your door. You just, you just order how, how often you want it. And it gets delivered to you. Now, why am I so um, proud about this? Well, because this company came to me and said, Randy, we are a cause-oriented company. And we believe in helping our injured and disabled law enforcement officers. So for every sale, they will donate 15% of their revenue to the Wounded Blue. The Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled law enforcement officers. They are also a number one sponsor of the Wounded Blue. So not only is the coffee phenomenal, I drink it all the time, but it is it is helping our law enforcement community. So what could be better than that? Uh, go to the website, lawdogcoffee.com. Oh, by the way, they got some of the baddest gear you can imagine. Great clothing line, all kinds of cool mugs and hats and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, so check it out. And 15% of all revenue goes to the Wounded Blue. You're going to love it. And this is, I made this up. I kind of like this. Law Dog Coffee. Tastes so good. Ought to be illegal. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health. Sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. 
There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. To unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. We are the vision of the voices. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Let's get into it. Right before we hit record, we started having a discussion here on something. Um, it, it comes out of Fort Worth. Uh, I believe, when was this? October. Um, a cop gets an open door call like 2.33 in the morning, real early. It's a neighbor, you know, open door in a residential area. Um, cop arrives, it, basically the door standing wide open. It's on body cam. I think he's there with another officer. Uh, they, they do a perimeter check. And there's no announcements, but they're just doing the perimeter. They haven't hit the front door or anything like that yet. And, you know, basically the, the owner, the, the owner of the residence who's inside the house and there pulls and points a gun at the officer outside the window. He, you know, he gives a quick order and he has to shoot her because he's Someone has a gun pointed at him. Right. Um, they just filed murder charges, indicted for murder on this. Um, this he, he, got, he resigned right after that too, right? So right. Well, he resigned. He resigned because his lawyer told him to resign because otherwise he'd be compelled to give a statement, not on the criminal matter, but because of the administrative thing. Right. So that's why he quit. But so this is this is a really this is a heartbreaking case, is what this is. This is this has just got every component of it is is just heartbreaking um this woman should not have died um she was so like you said um a neighbor had called the police because he saw that that her front door was ajar was open and he felt that that was suspicious because not normally it's not well it turns out that this woman who's the homeowner is in and it's like 2 30 in the morning like you said um, she's in playing video games with, with a, a child, with a, her, her n- n- nephew or, or grandson, I forget what it is, but like a, a young child about seven, eight years old. And the officer, who was an inexperienced officer, he, only, he hadn't been on very long, um, made the decision to do a perimeter check, you know, be, before he enters the house or does a knock and announce he wants to see if there's anything amiss and and listen i remember handling these kind of calls you know fairly frequently and that's what i would have done 
before I would have gone into the house, I would have checked the perimeter to see if there's a sign of any anything amiss. Well, at the at the moment that he is passing a window, according now this is according to the little boy who said that they were playing the game. Um, she heard noise out front or uh, outside, retrieved a pistol from her purse and pointed it out the window. This is from the little boy. And at that point, the officer sees somebody pointing a gun at him, does it, like you said, does it quick, hey, show me your hands, and opens fire like within a half a second. Um, and they, they immediately came out with this, the, the police chief threw him under the bus faster than, than you can say, you know, abracadabra, um, vilifying him. And uh, now they're charging him with murder. You know, it's, it's one of those cases where something horrible happened and they want to try to blame somebody, you know, and I can almost even get caught up in the Monday morning quarterbacking of it. Right. Like, and that, that happens. Like you want, when something bad happens and, and there's no, there's no suspect involved and it's, it's all victims, you know, it's, it, it gets like that. Yeah. But like you said, how you handle that, like, you know, trained on the street is if you have two guys send one around the back and he's going to check things as he goes and, and then send, you know, have somebody at the front and then start announcements. But you have to make sure you know, the perimeter is secure first. Um, really diving into that, I'm not sure how you avoid that situation. They're there for a lawful reason. Uh, the neighbor calls them. They're there to try to help whoever lives there. Uh, right. You flip it to the victim where all they see is a man walking in the back and they point a gun and, and there's no real winner there. To, to come with an indictment for murder on that case where it's clearly in his job. And they did it. They did it so quickly. They they arrested him for murder the next day. Um, And, and here's, here's what really bothers me about this, right? This is an incredibly unfortunate, you know, split second decision where you have a life and death decision to make. The, the police chief uh, comes out. uh, First of all, I, I then remember this, the, the, the um, investigation revealed like the next day that there was a gun on the floor and that gun was, was, um, was spoken about at the press conference. Well, the chief lost his mind or lost her mind. I forget what, uh, about, about point, about pointing out that there was actually a gun saying that, that it doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters. I'm, I'm going to look for the quote here. Um, there's a, um, he fight. Okay, so the lawyer is the, his lawyer is talking about it, but the the uh, the police chief, the mayor declared. Uh, here's what he said. Okay, in the wake of the fatal shooting, Fort Worth Mayor Betsy Price blasted the Fort Worth Police Department for releasing images of the gun they located in Jefferson's home. Here's what she said: the gun is irrelevant. She was in her own home. Atatiana was a victim, unquote. Well, no kidding. We're all heartbroken today. Atiana was a beautiful, smart, amazing young woman, by all accounts, who was unjustly taken from her family. Um, it's unacceptable. There's nothing that can justify what happened. And uh, uh, Chief Kraus uh, said he hasn't been able to make sense of the officer's decision. Here's, here's what the chief said. Nobody looked at that video and said that there's any doubt that this officer acted inappropriately. Oh, really, Chief? Uh, I'm calling bullshit on that uh, because uh, there's a whole bunch of people that, that uh, don't think he acted inappropriately. 
I get it. We're trying to train our officers better. We're trying to shore up our policies and trying to ensure that they act and react the way that the citizens intend them to. Really? And with a servant's heart instead of a warrior's heart. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like Let's get more guys killed. Let's just do that. Let's yeah. soften everybody up and get like more guys work killed. For this jackass. No, thanks. Oh, and then he apologizes for, for actually, listen to this. Chief Krause said that in hindsight, releasing photographs of the firearm in Jefferson's home was a bad thing to do. And that Why? such images are generally released in order to show any perceived threat that officers encountered. Well, <laughs> no kidding. So, so who in their right mind could not put themselves in the, in the place of this officer who faces a gun being pointed at him and tries to, it tries to make it sound like he is a, a murderer. It's, it's crazy. Outrageous. It, look, when a gun's pointing at you, it does not matter what the intent behind the trigger is. If, it, if, it, if it's pointing at you, you have to deal with it no matter what. In police work, you get put in situations that, that are just screwed sometimes. There, there's no good way, way to, to, to handle them without somebody getting hurt. And we're the ones that get paid to do that, to make those decisions. Somebody has to. Somebody has to get put in those spots. And this stuff happens, especially when you have neighbors calling on neighbors and, and, and those situations and people don't know you're arriving. You have to, there's a line you have to walk to stay alive. And Policing is not an exact science. No. Okay? So these officers are being placed in, in these life and death situations, and then they got a chief like that. Oh, I'd love to work for this moron. Ugh, no, thanks. I, I'm good on that. And that, that, that idiotic mayor coming out with their comments. Boy, how'd you like to be a cop that works for them? And so quickly, like, and, oh, and the warrior comments day. too. Like, what, what are these guys supposed to do? Like, how do you stay alive? Don't, don't have a warrior mindset. Okay, just, no, no. just lose all tactics servant. and get smoked. Servant, right? it's a servant. Have a servant mindset. No, it, it's I'll a really mindset be... of taking the bad man off the street and, and, and into jail to save people. And we've gotten so far away from that, that this is what we end up with. You know, this, is, this has a lot of, there's a lot more to this. And those comments from that chief is, is evidence of, of what is taking place around this country. And that is the, the administrations of, of law enforcement agencies and cities are, are becoming so pussified that they are scared to death to even allow their officers to get the training that they need to save their own lives. I mean, look at what happened in Michigan where, uh, Michigan or Minnesota? I think it's Minnesota. Where they they uh, decried the officer street survival seminars and forbade the officers from even attending on their own time. Really? It's too much of a warrior, Randy. They might be scary. Oh my goodness. Hopefully they, might, they don't have those They might actually mean, want to protect mean, themselves. Hopefully they don't wear those mean tactical vests, you know, that, that, that save their back and make them look even more scary. And, and become militarized. They're militarized. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> It's crazy, man. It's a crazy world we live out there. It's uh, it, it, it's it's more of the same every time we get together. So yeah, but but look, just look at how many cops lost their lives just this week, just this week. We were just talking about what was it seven? That, seven. That, and another another was shot just today in Arkansas. A female officer was shot, and and they they haven't released uh, the condition that that officer is in yet. So it's know, and, been. You can't plan. Violent. It's been horrible, and and, and this, 
when more stories come out every time a cop is is indicted or or put in jail for something that's during their job, it puts that little seed of doubt in more and more cops. And that's what's getting people killed even more, especially with the the younger ones, the ones who haven't been around long enough to understand like that they can survive these kinds of things, you know, that, that happen. Um, The more and more and more these guys get, get indicted, arrested, whatever for doing their job, it's going to get more people killed because the seed of doubt will get people killed on the street every time. Like you don't have time to to hesitate when it's time to to do work, you know? Yeah. Um, This is, this is a, this is a literally a heartbreaking situation, but, uh, this officer, uh, there's no way in the world they're going to find him guilty of murder. No way in the so. world. In I fact, so. I am, I'm going to bet right now, full exoneration at trial. Let's, let's hope so. Let's hope so. And he did the right thing, uh, resigning quickly, because that is – I, I mean, I, I had the displeasure to work internal affairs. That They would have gotten everything compelled out of him, you know, in that, that, right. that, uh, that interview, and, and, uh, and, and that's not the way to go. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right, so – Let's move on to this one. This is more of a, almost like a debate thing because I've, I'm a flip-flopper, Randy, on this very subject, and I go both ways, and I get pissed off, and then I don't. I heard that about you. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I want to talk about the cop outrage thing that goes on, and, and, and this is not to put it in a bad way. And what I mean is – I'll give an example. And this is my old department, which – has a new sheriff and he is amazing. He took it like they had a Starbucks incident. Riverside County Sheriff had a Starbucks incident where a couple, couple of the deputies came in, uh, re- basically refused service, ignored, laughed at, treated like assholes, which is happening all the time, right? Like all the time. we see it at this, this, this restaurant, this restaurant, this place, that place. We won't serve cops, like riding pig on, on the cups. And it pisses me off. It really does. It, it irritates me. And I want to get out there and, and talk about you know, how good of a job these guys are doing and, you know, and, and, and be an advocate for our side. But then the other part of me is like, when we go like full outrage, like when this happens and we're like, Oh, look at these awful people that are so mean to us. We start going that direction a little bit. Aren't we just kind of being like them a little bit, like, like being a little whiny, like, shouldn't we be the tough guys? I don't know, man. I go both ways on this. Like sometimes I think we should just like water off the duck's back and move on and not give them uh, the play. No, I don't think so. I don't Dude, think Cause so. we're giving them play. It's a little bit, it's like my concern, but, but I, I get pissed off. So I don't, what do you think on that? Well, you know, so th- this one, this incident happened just a week before week after um, the incident happened in um, I think it was Oklahoma. Yeah, it was Oklahoma where uh, a cop went into the Starbucks to get some coffees for people working on Thanksgiving. Right. Day. That's right. And, and, and they wrote pig on the cuffs. Yep. So, you know, uh, that really pisses me off. So um, I don't, and, 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 and this isn't the first time, the second time this is, this has happened in Starbucks alone multiple times. Right. So that tells me that there is a culture. There is a culture in Starbucks that is anti-law enforcement. So it, it now, of course, when it happens, and I've 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 seen some of the some of the milk toast um, responses from the management of Starbucks. <laughs> well, um, you know, we're we're going to do an investigation and we'll let you know. Um, you know, if somebody if someone is willing to treat a customer like that, any customer any customer, they need to be fired uh, yesterday. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
And then a very, a very strong statement needs to come out saying, this is an aberration. This is not what we feel. But here, you know what pisses me off even more? You remember it was only like a year ago in Philadelphia. Um, this, uh, this guy went into the, this, uh, guy went into this Starbucks there and didn't buy anything, didn't order anything, was waiting for a friend and, uh, was using the bathroom and, and, and they went and they said, are you going to be a customer? Are you going to buy something? And he said, no. And they said, well, you need to leave then. And the guy says, I'm not leaving. And so they called the police. Well, the police trespassed him. Well, that became a major incident because, uh, it was made into a racial incident. Right. So what does Starbucks do? Because now suddenly the focus is on them, even though the guy was the one who was in the wrong. What did they do? They made this huge announcement about they're going to close every store and, and retrain their employees in sensitivity training. So they did that because of the optics. And yet, look at how many times this has happened in Starbucks to cops and they, it's like, well, you know, it's just, it's just the cops. That's a great point. I mean, cause I remember that that was a massive deal. They closed every single store. Millions. Right. And millions they went out of their way. Uh, that's, that's a great point. So maybe because of the amount of incidents coming out of that particular place, you know, Starbucks, maybe that is really a, a cultural thing. Like you're saying. Um, well, you know what, Let, let's look, what, if you go to your average cop now, and you say to that cop, hey, um, what do you think about Starbucks? What do you think the response is going to be? F them, most yeah, likely. <laughs> exactly. And the families of the officers. Yep. So Starbucks has a serious issue, uh, um, a serious issue in law enforcement where, now, and, and let's be, to your point, let's be fair. There's lots of Starbucks that love their cops. Lots of them. Sure. It's a, you know, you get, you get a couple people that are assholes and they want to treat cops, demean them and, and, and because there's, because they, they think they can get away with it. Right. And there's not going to be any accountability for it, which is now we're talking about a societal problem. If you, because if you get down to it, this is why we are seeing all the disrespect to, to law enforcement. We're seeing the water poured on the cops' heads. Yeah. We're seeing, you know, uh, brazen um, uh, attacks, if you will, because nobody's afraid of the police anymore. Nobody's afraid of consequences. So let me ask you this. Let, let me add something else into this mix. Do you think some of that has to do with some of the community policing stuff that we've done in the last 10 years, the, the, the dance challenges and the, and the coffee with the cop? Like, does that soften us out in the streets to where people feel like they can do more against cops. I, you know, because I've heard that, that argument out there too a little bit. And yeah, I, I don't agree I, with that. I know what you, I know what you're saying. And no, I don't think so. I think, I think humanizing cops is a good thing. Right. Because, because there, there has been such a, there has been such a, um, a movement to dehumanize police literally going on for years. Right. Um, and, and the media is very complicit in this. So I think that when, when you, when a cop shows their humanity and they're doing it all the time, it's just that you never see it. Right. You know? um, I think that anytime a cop can actually interact, whether that's coffee with a cop or that's, 
you know, some other, some other methodology of interacting with the community. Uh, I think there's usually a good thing. Um, I think that, I think the the problem lies in where society has now become, um, for, for lack of a, of a, of a better phrase, uh, they become, um, unafraid of consequences. Yes. And, and so they actually feel like, huh, uh, well, well, I can say anything I want to a cop because they just have to take it. I yep. mean, look at Portland, for God's sake. Look at those poor, poor cops up there where they're, they're ordered to stand down when, even when there are people in there pushing on them. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. People feel empowered, empowered because of, of you know, they, what they see on YouTube or whatever and all these sovereign citizens and, and all the body cam shots. They can say whatever they want to police. Yeah. They can be the rudest they can to the police. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you on, on the hum, humanizing the side of it. You know, I, I hear that argument like that, you know, the old salty cops out there sometimes will blame the dance challenges and the, uh, the coffee of the cop for all of our problems. I, I don't buy into that either. I, I think, I think if you're showing a cop as a human and as a person that that's your neighbor, um, I, I think that's a win for us. You know, I, I think, yeah. I think, I think that helps quite a bit. Um, but man, it is, it is an interesting time out there with, with social and body cams. Like it is just turned all of policing on its side. Really? I mean, it's just, it's insane the content that's out there every day on the internet to see good and bad. Yeah. Um, what, what people actually get exposed to. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I wanted, I got a, I got a story for you. I didn't tell you the story. And when I think about leadership, you know, law enforcement leadership, um, you know, we're, we're always talking about, about this topic, but I had something happen that's still mind boggling to me. All right. You ready for this? Oh yeah. Bring it on. Okay. <laughs> so the wife of a uh, police officer in a, uh, in a Texas city, which will remain nameless contacts me and says, my husband was one of the first responding officers at a multiple shooting scene and they are not issued tourniquets. And, and the officers felt like they were, they, they couldn't do what they needed to do to save lives because they didn't have tourniquets. Do you know anybody that would, that would donate tourniquets to our, our, our cops? Well, in the weird way that the world works, not two days goes by. And I tell her, I said, I don't know anybody offhand that I can think of, but let me do some research. I get a, I get a call from a guy who has been on my radio show, you know, uh, Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. And this guy is an amazing an amazing man. Um, he's a he's a retired special forces soldier. He, uh, he was a cop. He was a DA agent. Um, he's a, an inventor. He invented a tourniquet system called RATS, the Rapid uh, Application Tourniquet System, that he invented because of his experience in Afghanistan, where they actually had to apply these things. Right. So he invented this thing. And it's an amazing tourniquet system, right? Well, he calls me and says, "Hey, I, I want to help out some cops. I've got tourniquets that I want to, I want to, I want to give away. Do you know anybody that needs them?" Wow! I said, I said "This is the craziest story." Uh, I said, "Yeah." As a matter of fact, I just had a call about it. So he said, uh, "He says I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him two hundred tourniquets." And I said, "That's fantastic." So I contacted the the the, the police officer's wife who who brought it to my attention. And then I contacted the police department. I said, look, 
And they knew who I was um, uh, from previous encounters. And I said, we got this, this, this guy who's going to donate these tourniquets. And they said, well, this is, that's fantastic. We love it. Um, but, and they told me, you know, I told them they wanted to give 200. He said, but we have, you know, 600 patrol officers. So I contacted this guy and he said, well, then I'm going to give him 600 tourniquets. Wow. Now these are not inexpensive tourniquets, right? So I said, fantastic. Called the, the department back and said, this guy's going to give you 600 tourniquets. So they said, fantastic. We're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, do a, a media thing on this and come on down and, and we're going to, you know, we'll accept these publicly. And I said, this is fantastic. So the day I am about to go down there to, to give these tourniquets to, to this agency, I get a call from the, the public information officer, who's a, who's a guy that I know and is a great guy. And he, he was stuttering and stammering. He says, Randy, I, I don't even know how to tell you this. And I said, tell me what? He says, we, we can't take the tourniquets. <sighs> and I said, what do you mean you can't take the tourniquets? He says, yeah, we were getting ready to, to do, you know, the, the press event. And, and, uh, and the, the, we were going to have the trainer show how the, how the uh, tourniquets go on. And when he opened the, the tourniquet box, he said, this is a, a rat's tourniquet. And he says, we used, we used a cat's tourniquet, a combat oh, tourniquet. Come and, on. And, and, and so the city manager said, we can't take them. And I said, wait, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I said, I, I thought you guys didn't, didn't issue tourniquets. And he goes, well, we, we don't. <laughs> I, I said, I, I'm a little lost here. He says, well, we, we gave away, we, we did issue some, just a few, and we trained, and, and they were trained on the cat's tourniquet. So the city manager said, there's too much liability, and oh. we can't take the rat's tourniquet. I said, so let me see if I got this right. You're turning down tourniquets for every patrol officer in your department because you don't want to train them for the hour or so because you train on a tourniquet that you don't even issue. Is that the decision that, that I just heard? And he was, he said, I don't even know what to say, Randy. So, that is bureaucracy at its best right there. That, that is just nonsense, man. And I can. Unfortunately, I, that doesn't even surprise me, dude. Like I, I should be shocked, but like seeing bad police admin and, and, and cities with their fingers in, in, in police business, um, I've seen it before. It's unbelievable, though. It, it's it's just so ridiculous. So so who's the losers here? It's the citizens, as always. And the cops. Yes, one hundred percent. Those tourniquets are used for them. Yes, one hundred percent. You get you get shot. I mean, how many times have, have lives been saved because a cop has a tourniquet? One hundred percent. And they're denying them. I I tell you one thing. If I was if if I was the media down there. I would, I would be all over this. I'd be all over this, but no media, reason. The media was told and did nothing. Well, it's because it doesn't fit the narrative that they like, which is if, if it's not a bad thing, then, then it's not worth their time. It's, it's it, but it's mind boggling, man. And it, so when I, you know, we talk about leadership. That's when I hear from cops all over, all the time, just like you do. And I had, I, you know, get emails, I get messages, I get phone calls with with decisions that leadership is making which makes the cops nuts yes it's it's hard enough to do this job but when you feel like 
leadership and your administration doesn't have your back or doesn't give you the tools or makes bad decisions or just runs the shit badly. It is hard to do this job when, when you're catching it from all directions, from the bad guys, the citizens, your family, cause you're gone, like working crazy hours. And then the department doesn't have your back. They don't give you the equipment you need. You know, I've been through budget crunches like on, on departments when they had no money and everyone's having to buy all their own equipment and all those things. It sucks. It, it, it sucks when it's managed. Oh, okay. There's another one. So, Another, um, there's a, um, a, a re retired police sergeant that I, that I spoke to yesterday. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put him on my show. Um, I know this, this, this individual uh, because of, um, we've, we worked together on some, um, uh, on, a, on our film uh, that, that's coming out. You know, you know, we have a, a documentary film called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. Well, we're doing now, we're shooting a six series, a six episode series on to continue the, the message of the Wounded Blue, which is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement. So I met this officer and he went through some terrible, terrible hardship. Um, he lost, he's a sergeant. He's on the dive team of, uh, this is in Travis County, Texas. And this guy's a 25-year cop, highly decorated. Um, guys, not only is he a patrol sergeant, but he's also um, on the dive team. And apparently Travis Lake is a huge lake that people drown in all the time. This guy during his career has recovered hundreds of bodies, right? Which, you know, diving around around, you know, the bottom of lakes it's and recovering bodies. It's not exactly a pleasant experience. But then he had this horrendous experience where one of his officers that, that was not only on his squad, but was also on the dive team, was swept away in a, in a torrential flood Ugh. and drowned. And he was the one who recovered the body. And I mean, it, you know what that does. Yes. Right. So he had, he, he went through some real, real psychological issues with emotional issues, went to his department for help. Well, a new sheriff gets elected and this sheriff, oh, she's a sweetheart, Sally Hernandez, no experience as a cop, gets elected sheriff, immediately, you know, becomes the sanctuary city deal. This is in Austin. Well, oh, of course, shocker. Okay. So she, she, turns down vests for ev to outfit every single cop that protects them from rifle fire because she doesn't want to go along with the president's and, and ICE's um, uh, laws about, about sanctuary cities. So she says, I'm not taking those vests. All donated, right? Taking politics and playing with the lives of her cops. Well, this officer who went, went, and asked for help, then gets terminated by this sheriff three months into taking office. She never met the guy. She never asked about him, but fired him because of his post-traumatic stress. What? Yeah, yeah. Fired him. Fired For PTSD. Him. Well, he doesn't, and, and he, he, was, he was diagnosed with, with, with trauma. Yeah. Right. Right? Not PTSD per se, but related to it. Correct. 
So instead of waiting for his treatment to, to, to be complete, because we all know that this is a fixable issue, she terminates him without even talking to him. That is insane. So he is now running for sheriff. Oh, excellent. I, I definitely need to meet this man. I, I, uh, I'm going to be his making some videos John with Lachran. him. Name John Lachran. Lachran. He's a great guy. Now, of course, he's up against the machine. Oh, yeah. Right? So she's an incumbent. She's got all the money. And he's going, this is a David and Goliath kind of deal. But this guy, you know, I talked to him about his, about, you know, leadership philosophies and the things that really count because clearly, Oh, Oh, you, if you look at, look up Sally Hernandez, she made national news. I'm going to say about six months ago because she's such a moron that she does a video you got to watch this video. It's hilarious. She makes a video that she thinks is going to inspire her officers. And instead, she refers to them as slaves. What? Oh, yeah. It's got her, <laughs> it's got her suited up like she is, you know, the, uh, uh, in, in Roman times when they had the slaves rowing the boats and they're banging the drum. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That she's got her as the as the 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 caller, demanding what? demanding that her slaves row faster. That's crazy. It's the craziest thing you ever saw, and she's such an idiot. And first of all, this is a big police agency, big sheriff's agency. This this production looked like it was done. Uh, on a on a on a on an eighth grade level, it's 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 abysmal. But then, she, so she caught national flack for referring to her cops as slaves. It's crazy. She's a sheriff making horrible decisions. Anytime you, you you choose politics over safety, you're a piece of shit. Period. Like, I'll just I'll just lay it out there. That, that's it. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna risk your cop safety over politics, then you shouldn't be in that position ever. That's a, that's a hard no on that one. <laughs> you know, um, it, I want to shift it up. I saw, and, and I, I'm sure you, you're aware of this, but uh, I saw an article in law enforcement today uh, about the Wounded Blue um, and something that they recently had done. I, I wondered if you could share that with us a little bit because you probably have more details than I do. Well, you know what? Um, law enforcement today, um, Kyle Ray is, is, the, uh, is the, the, the managing partner of that. And Kyle came, uh, I've known Kyle for, for a while. Um, Kyle came to us and said, Randy, we love the work that you guys are doing. Um, we know you're saving lives and we want to help. So we now are, are doing some, some joint stuff. They're helping to get the word out about the wounded blue. And, and, um, and this is, this is the kind of partnership that I love because it, it, it takes a, a private, um, you know, LET has a, an amazing number of viewers. Uh, right. I mean, they, they're, they're one of the top notch uh, news and information on law enforcement and they don't pull any punches. You know, they, they got the guts to stand up and do the, do the right thing and say the right thing. And so as a result, they have a huge law enforcement following. So they're helping to get the word out about the wounded blue and about the, the, the amazing work that my peer team is doing. I have, uh, I have an incredible um, number of, of men and women. All of my 
all of my peer advocate support team are um, either cops or former cops. Everyone's been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. They understand what it feels like to be abandoned and alone by your agency or to have to navigate the, the intricacies of a broken system uh, when you become seriously injured, whether that injury is emotional or physical. And we launched this organization. It's a 501c3. It's a nonprofit. Everybody's a volunteer. And, uh, and we have touched uh, more than 2,000 individuals just since May when we launched during Police Week. Um, so it, it's, we're, we're making a serious difference. I, I just received a, um, a message uh, just days ago from somebody that my peer team had, had, had interacted with who told me that that, um, that interaction saved their life because and, they were on the verge of suicide. And that makes it all worth it, even if it's just that one. Like all of this makes it worth it. If, if, the, if these guys and, and gals out there doing the job have somewhere to go and talk to and reach out to and, and, and your team's there – and, and they save one person. That's amazing. So, like, well, we're our our folks are are doing amazing work. There's a lot more coming. You got to see our documentary film. Uh, in fact, I, I think Let is about to do a uh, uh, a review on the film. It's it's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. Just look at the Wounded Blue. It is. It will shock. It will shock you if you have not seen this. If you have not lived through um, what happens when you're seriously injured. You know, there are some places which will treat you right. There are some agencies that do it right, but there's so many that that they they literally throw their cops away, and it's heartbreaking. It's there's no doubt in my mind that this is part of our incredible suicide epidemic, the way that law enforcement leadership and city leadership treats their people when they are troubled. 100% and how they'll cast them away and move on and fill that position and, and pretend that that person never was even out there doing the job. It happens all the time. And it happens uh, all the time. So if, if, if you are a law enforcement officer or you have been a law enforcement officer and, and, and you're facing these troubles, whether it's emotional or physical, reach out to us, go to our website, thewoundedblue.org, fill out a contact and everything is anonymous. See, this is the cool thing. Even police agencies that, that, that really make an effort to do it right, and they have peer teams on their, on their departments, there's often a, there's often a uh, hesitancy to go to them because they are afraid. I mean, first of all, they, they work with their same – they work with these guys. They don't want them to know that they're troubled. And, and there are also departments which you go to them and you ask for help, and they'll fire you. Yep, or you work in the desk and feel like yeah, a weirdo. Yeah, they take your gun away, yeah, right? Exactly. So, so the wounded blue has no allegiance to any law enforcement leadership. We are there for the cops and the cops alone. Now we will work with leadership to help them uh, treat their people right. I mean, we have a we have an amazing training presentation for law enforcement organizations and leadership called "Walking with the Wounded." Uh, it's put on by Bob Bemis, Sergeant Bob Bemis, who is a retired, catastrophically injured Pennsylvania trooper, and me. And we use the film, and, and it really brings home to law enforcement leadership and organizations how to treat your people right when they are troubled, either emotionally or get, get seriously injured in the line of duty. So I, 
if, if that's something that that the viewers uh, are interested in, contact me at thewoundedblue.org, and uh, and we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's 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 great to see how how far it's come since May to to see all the things that are happening behind the scenes and out front, and and how big this thing is going to be. So definitely thewoundedblue.org. Make sure you check that out. And then the last thing I have because we're we're already uh, like running fifty minutes over here. Um, it doesn't take long. It, when it goes fast. Stuff we love to talk right? about. Right. It, go, it goes fast. Is uh, Randy and I have a new project called America's Keepers, and the big focus here that you're going to see is that, you know, I I I'm obviously a former cop, almost 20 years, and then I learned how to sell a bunch of stuff online and do all these things online and become a marketer and all, all this crazy stuff to where I didn't have to. Blah blah blah. And now uh, I'm basically we're we're putting out a brand called America's Keepers, and the big push that we're doing right now is we're looking for law enforcement and military owned companies who have their own products, who probably just starting out. There's so many police owned businesses out there with this product or that product and their guys on, on a side hustle trying to, trying to get it out there. Our mission is to get those people's products on our store and push them out. And, and we can help quite a bit with the marketing so we can propel some police and military owned businesses. We can push our brand and we're, we're donating proceeds to the Wounded Blue. Right. We have we have a portion of everything going to the Wounded Blue. Very, very important to me as well. Um, and that's that's what's going there. So you're going to see that that project jumping off about the first week of January. It's already up and live at americaskeepers.com. But um, if you're there in is a, there is some of the coolest products that you will see on America's Keepers. And this is just the beginning. There's, there's going to be amazing gear on America's Keepers. And it is, uh, you know, this is a. Uh, a very pro law enforcement military um, enterprise. And of course, as Ray said, it's going to uh, also support the wounded blue. Yes, sir. And, and uh, you know, if you have a, a law, if you're in law enforcement military, you have your own product, your own business, you're looking to get more distribution, get more sales, hit us up and we'll see if we can make a partnership on that. And uh, that's all I really got, man. Like this is, this probably this show will probably get out after the holidays, but you know I'll back it up and say Merry Christmas to everybody. We're doing this on Christmas Eve at the moment. Randy was good enough to hop in on here on on Christmas Eve, so I appreciate that, brother. It's it's always a pleasure, Ray. You know we uh, we uh, we get to talk about some really cool stuff here, and uh, and uh, it, it just adds to the the law enforcement environment. It sh- it helps uni- unify law enforcement, and it really really helps get the word out about the truth in the American law enforcement community. There's something very important I want you to do for me. If you've been listening to the Voice of American Law Enforcement for any time, you know that we are very dedicated to the law enforcement community here. I would like you to go to a website. It's www.thewoundedblue.org. I want you to read about how we at this organization are aiding injured and disabled law enforcement officers. If you are a law enforcement officer and you have been injured or disabled and you feel forgotten and alone, this is why we exist. We have a fully trained peer support team, all made up of police officers who have been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up and screwed up. They know what you're going through and we exist for you. You are the part of the Blue Family and you deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Unfortunately, many police agencies and cities do not treat their officers with respect and dignity when they are injured either physically or emotionally. So go to thewoundedblue.org 
If you are a citizen and you want to help, please check out how you can join. And if you're a police officer or have them, exist for you. So check out thewoundedblue.org. Now, I would also urge you to see our film. It is on Amazon, it is on iTunes, it's the Microsoft Store, it's pretty much every platform you can imagine. It's called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You would be shocked at how the men and women of this, you know, the law enforcement community in this country, many are being treated with such disrespect. Many people, most people, even cops, believe that if you are severely injured in the line of duty, you're going to be taken care of financially and emotionally. In many cases, that is not true. Please watch the film and help the Wounded Blue. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. As we close out the end of 2019, I unfortunately have two names to read. The first is Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol of the Hendersonville Police Department in Tennessee. Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol was struck and killed by a vehicle while he was involved in a foot pursuit of a subject across I-65 near Vietnam Veterans Boulevard in Davison County. Officers had started pursuing a vehicle with two occupants in Hendersonville. The pursuit continued through Goodlettsville until crashing at the interchange. One of the subjects was taken into custody, but the second man fled on foot. Officer Bristol was fatally struck by a vehicle as they ran across I-65. The subject he was chasing continued to flee and remains at large. The subject who was arrested at the scene was charged with reckless endangerment and felony evading. Officer Bristol was a U.S. Navy veteran and has served the Henderson Police, Hendersonville Police Department for four years. He is survived by his wife and three-year-old daughter. Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol, Hendersonville Police Department, Tennessee. End of Watch, Monday, December 30th, 2019. The second is Deputy Sheriff Chris Dickerson of the Panola County Sheriff's Office in Texas. Deputy Sheriff... Chris Dickerson was shot and killed while making a traffic stop on FM 10 near FM 2260 in Gary City at 2 a.m. During the stop, the driver suddenly exited the vehicle and opened fire with a semi-automatic rifle, shooting Deputy Dickerson six times. Nearby residents heard the gunshots, found Deputy Dickerson in the roadway. He was transported to a local hospital where he died a short time later. The subject who shot him fled to Shreveport, Louisiana, where he was apprehended by a police canine after being involved in a vehicle crash. He remains in custody awaiting extradition on capital murder charges. Deputy Dickerson was a U.S. Army veteran. He is survived by his wife and two children. Deputy Sheriff Chris Dickerson, Panola County Sheriff's Office, Texas. End of Watch Tuesday, 30, uh, December 31, 2019. This brings to a total number of uh, law enforcement officers killed in the year 2019 to 132. 132 men and women who gave their lives to serve others. May they rest in peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, where we bring you everything about law enforcement from a law enforcement perspective.
A um, couple things. If you are on Facebook, please come to my page. That is the Voice of American Law Enforcement. And like it and follow it. Also, um, since you're going to be on Facebook anyway, go to the Wounded Blue and uh, like that and follow that as well. If you're a Twitterer, I'm at LT Randy Sutton. And um, I think that about covers my social media presence. I do want to hear from you. I'd love to hear from people that have uh, ideas about stories, about things you want me to cover. I try to be as responsive as I can. And uh, anyway, I, I really do appreciate you tuning in to Blue Lives Radio. And, you know, uh, we've been on the air a little over three years now. And I hear from a lot of my folks that listen to the show that it's, that it's meaningful to you. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.